and welcome back to About Being Alive podcast. I'm Jason Beck. I'm Jordan Hamilton. And we're stoked to be here talking on the pod. It's been a while. It's been a bit. We're, we're really happy to be back with each other yeah, and with all of you. Digging into some things to catch up. And as always, we're going to first jump into, or rather descend into a little meditation. So if you are at your house listening to this or walking, feel free to take a seat, let go of what you're doing. Now, if you're driving or using heavy machinery, I advise you to not descend into a meditation state. I advise you to uh, use the machine properly. But if you can, take a second to relax, find a place to sit down, both feet on the floor, have your back straight, comfortably so, hands in the lap, and if it helps, you can softly close your eyes, and drop your attention into the feeling of your feet against the floor. Feeling the floor support your feet evenly and effortlessly. Then slowly move your attention up from your feet, up your leg, towards your knee. Guiding it your knee to across your thigh, to the feeling against the chair, your weight being supported by the chair, and then moving up the torso, stomach, the heart, the lungs, wherever the attention latches onto, just watch and be curious of the sensations that it passes by. Going across your arms, onto your hands, all the way to the edges of your fingertips. And then moving back up the arms, shoulders, relaxing deeper on the exhale, your neck, your jaw relaxing on the exhale. muscles around your eyes relaxing, your head. Moving up to the very crown top of your head and imagine a flower blossoming at the top of your head. Be curious on what kind of flower is it? What color is it? 
How big is it? How many petals? Just letting the imagination create whatever flower is blossoming. Now placing your attention on the feeling and sensations of the breath, inhaling and exhaling in the body. If you have a desire to move or to itch, first be curious on that feeling, what it's like to want to move from being still, what it's like to have an itch. And if you can, put your attention back onto the sensations of your breath, curiously investigating what it's like to breathe in and out without any effort without trying to breathe in a certain way, allowing your body to breathe the way it wants to. And softly bring your attention back to the room around you. The feeling of the chair, feet against the floor, wiggling your fingers, and gently opening your eyes when you're ready. Thank you, dude. Yeah, man. What was your flower like, bro? Flower was a lotus. Hmm. Um, white, white petals, and they started to multiply. Like first it was four, and they started to multiply out. Like little layers. <laughs> was it like growing, or they were just kind of appearing? Um, they were like, yeah, it was growing, or not growing in size, but like growing in width. Like so, I guess expanding, and then it um. 
Yeah, it's just just subtle, subtle tingle on the top of the little scalp. So like dripping, like kind of like dripping down. Yeah, it's nice, man. Cool. You're coming off. Was this something you practice at your retreat? Yeah, the yeah a little bit. The intro of doing a quick body scan. I find being extraordinarily beneficial for easing into a practice instead of jumping right into the breath kind of helps me get into the body and have something to do because I like to do stuff Mm. like to be, you know, and so it helps to just relax stuff, go through the whole body. I forgot where that flower thing came from. I think it was somebody that, I was listening to, did something like that, but I liked it. It's kind of fun. I liked it too. I like it gave the mind something to do. It's also um, in the chakra system, like each chakra has petals, corresponding petals depending on which center it's located. So I know, I think the heart has eight. Um, and then the, the crown, something like a thousand thousand petals what does that correspond to good question um it, each each it, i think it's an example of the different elements that are represented by that center so in the crown that's sort of the um the connection between us and our higher selves us between different realms of consciousness mm-hmm. extend beyond the physical the crown is sort of the gateway between those or where we go to experience them and uh yeah, I don't know as much about the petals. It's sort of like the, that's you know, I guess I stopped at the center, you know, the <laughs> That's the deep side of the curriculum. Yeah, because there, I think it is nuanced, and I think there's different perspectives on what those petals represent and yeah. how they're represented. But I like to you know, translate this. At for me, I always think about it as in how do chakras translate over to thinking about other disciplines like. It could just be the glands mm-hmm. yep. and all the glands have different nuanced purposes of hormones and chemical communications and electrical communications and uh, giving off frequencies like the heart gives mm-hmm. off a frequency when it's pumping and the, the brain is giving off electrical frequencies. And so I think that the chakras and the studies of the East are mirroring those that we learn about in biology. Yeah, I agree. There's so much crossover. And like you feel different experiences in different places in your body, you know, like if it's a state of fear um, or, you know, there's kind of that gut, gut oil reaction, yeah. right? That then is usually followed by panic, maybe in your heart center, but there's an initial like, <clears throat> like sinking feeling. Um, I was just on a night hike. So I was like, there's a moment where you feel like I heard this sound like oh my right gosh, next yeah. to me. And we walk and walk with no lights or anything. So right next to me, and it was like that, like that chill and that tense and that feeling in your stomach, you know. And then you kind of, and then, you know, the mind comes and you kind of chill out. But yeah, different, you know, different things, different places. But man, it's so good to feel that in real life. Yes. Versus like a horror movie, which replicates that feeling. But it's like it's not real. The brain doesn't know the difference on the onset, but like. In real life, when you have that terror of like immediately thinking it's a mountain lion, or in, there's not even a conceptual thought, it's just fear happens. Yes, um, it, it's qualitatively different when it's like in real life and you're outside and like something passes, the feeling passes, but it doesn't. Sometimes it kind of stays with you, and it's like a 
to experience all sorts of emotions is fun. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> you're, you're a little juiced up. You're a little more alert after. You yeah, know? man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know, so I guess if you see me around, feel free to spook me. <laughs> no, Just, man. I'm not trying to spook. No, dude. It's, but here's the thing. I, I, like, I gave this uh, workshop to a basketball team, and I recommended that they – Gave them all tennis balls, and they just start because they all live together, right? A lot of them live together, and they start just throwing tennis balls mm. to each one another randomly, as a way to practice to get engaged with those feelings, right? With those immediate instinctual responses. And then the next week, they were like, "Yeah, we're throwing them all the time." Oh, <laughs> like, that's fun! So even if it's like just tossing it, yeah, and they have to catch it. I'd be like, "Hey, hey, Jason," and oh, you're like cooking, it. you know, you're you're uh, beating eggs to make some cookies, you know, and you'd yeah. be like, "Oh, whoa," and you gotta respond and. In that moment, right, it's just you don't have time to think. It's what do you – how are you responding in that moment based on your yeah. automatic system? And it could depend on what kind of cookies I'm making. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like oatmeal raisin, you'd probably be like like maybe a little smooth with it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Snickerdoodles. Yeah. I'll be different. I feel like you'd be real fast with Snickerdoodles. It'd be like, you know, yeah. simple, efficient movement. That's a fun game. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, but it's, you know, going to like, it's a different feeling, right? It's, it's kind of getting at those feelings that we may not have opportunities to feel all the time. There's a story that in like a Zen monastery, the head monk will walk around with a ruler and hit the practicing monks in the back. And if he hits them and they get hit and they scream, they were asleep. But if he hits mm. them, and nothing happens. Or if he goes to hit them and the person catches it and goes back, like it means they're in such a deep state that oh. they're very alert of everything happening. Yeah. Have you experienced that where you've in the in those deep states of concentration where you've you've felt you felt aware of the space around you as well, even with your eyes closed? The only time that it's that I've experienced something like that was on the retreat I just went on last weekend. Four day four-night, three-day retreat, I opened my eyes because I felt something and somebody was like stood up across the other side of the room. Maybe that was the case. Maybe it wasn't. But I do think that we tend to, we're more sensitive to things, you know? Yeah. I, I, I was, I love the imagery of the palm tree. I, maybe I've talked about this before on this show, on this podcast show. That's super famous that <laughs> that uh, the palm tree is such a great plant. It's my, it's my, it's my spirit plant, spirit animal, spirit plant, and how it goes with the wind and it's flexible, but it's sturdy. But I've also learned something new about it because I was on retreat and I was staring at this palm tree and palm tree leaves were my plant, flowers, petals or whatever. Mm -hmm. The leaves of a palm tree were coming out of my head. And I was looking at this plant, this palm tree up in the sky, and it's very bushy at the top. And I bet the bushes are sensitive to the winds. You know, mm. there's a little, tons of little uh, pieces of leaves, you know, being sensitive to the wind. And so they can kind of catch it and then send, communicate to the base, which is more of a sturdy rock mm. type of texture. You know, my hair is kind of like the bushes of the palm tree. You know, it's very sensitive to the wind. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you saw yourself in the palm somewhere. Yeah, in the palm in me. In the palm in you. 
Are you so? Are you going for like a palm tree style hair cut now? Or yeah, I'm. I'm going. How are you in? It? Like, okay, I think it's a good. So you got this. You had this insight, right? Now, what are you doing to remind yourself, or how are you integrating? Because that's just one example of the insight from the retreat. But like with the palm tree, how are you remembering the palm and your growing my life? hair out? Okay. Growing my hair out, man. Let the flow go. Yeah, it's gonna go. I'm gonna give it like three months, two months. I think that it's very powerful when people make those physical changes and make decisions about like hair or appearance, even though it is superficial, but hair is, is something that is deep within us. I think. Yeah. Even when people don't want to care about it and they buzz their head, it still says something. Right. Very deep about them. Yeah. They don't. It's almost like I don't care. Yeah. So much that I care. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, it's interesting talking to guys that, because I get people talking to me about my hair. I got long hair, and it's mostly guys. They're like, dude, I used to have long hair, and I'm so mad that I ever cut it. Don't mm -hmm. ever cut your hair. Don't ever cut it. So have you felt really like passionate you about to it before? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, all the time. You know, you have these moments where you're like, oh, man, yeah. Like I just used half a bottle of shampoo, like I'm running out of shampoo quick. It's just a mess. It takes a long time to dry. Um, all these things that come up naturally. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, um, yeah, it feels me like me, you know? Yeah. What kind of person are you with your long hair? What Versus who am I without it, you know? Yeah. I've been both at different times. And how much does that contribute to who you are? That's That's an interesting thought. What does the long hair mean? To me? The long hair to me, well, it, it it's interesting because I think for me it comes from a place of when I was younger and I always imagined myself older. This was like when I was four or five. I can remember like thinking of it. And I was this like big, strong guy with no shirt and long hair and like doing some cool stuff, you know, like climbing mountains, taking out bad guys, you know. The long hair does symbolize wild. It's, yeah. It's and wild, man. Right. And I think it's free. For me, it's like, it's a sense of freedom. And I think that's what, um, that's what I sense with it. That's what, um, that was kind of where it started. And now it just is, you know. It is strange that we, we have, we desire the sense of freedom. Yeah. <laughs> that we desire yeah. the freedom, right? Yeah. <laughs> As if it's not something that's inherent or inherent there or, 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 or something that, that we can even attain. Mm. Um, and it gives me a sense of meaning to pursue that. Like the, like the act of growing the hair out mm. is meaningful. It's a journey. Yeah. Sim symbolic. So symbolic. Yeah. We get into trouble when we don't have a journey. Yeah. And I would also say that we can also get into trouble if we, when we put too much meaning into a journey. Oh, right. So there's a middle, there's a middle, there's a middle ground, right? You know, where it's almost like we're adding so much weight and meaning to this one thing or, or pathway that we're on or journey. And it's moving too far away from what is, right? Right. So it's like you're, you can't be, you can't fly too close to the sun. Yeah. Coming back. Yeah, it's coming back. The second. Nice, nice. Yeah, but I wonder if journey is important for everybody 
where that attracts only a certain type of personality. Because to me, it's like it's so deeply ingrained into my blood. Right. I can't imagine living a life without that, without seeing my life in the scope of a journey. I think it does individual differences, you know, because I've I thought that was like I I feel similarly, but not everyone does. I think it can get people in trouble too when they choose the the journey in this like martyr way of like yeah. I'm you know, and it's timely. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it. It's, you know, there was there was a shooting that occurred yesterday. I think yesterday, or, yeah, yeah, yesterday, over in a friend's high school. Oh, that was a friend. And, yeah. Yeah, and uh, in Santa Clarita, you know, and why are all these young boys doing this? You know, they're choosing this. They're, I think part of it is there's this meaning attached to the act, right? That's what drives them. It must be. There's mm-hmm. That's at least a fundamental piece is there's some meaning that drives somebody to do that. That they want by doing this, they will obtain some meaning. It gives them a sense of specialness or uh, uniqueness uh-huh. or a yeah. It just gives them a meaning to live up until that moment in which they they don't or they you know whatever happens. Yeah. Yeah, and I wonder where you know is that that they you know they had lacked meaning before they didn't feel that they had meaning, um, or it gets twisted. Right. Or it's a way to perhaps belong to a special group, right? To, they, they were missing this belonging, so they wanted to be a part of something, um, even in death. Yeah. I wonder, what, I mean, if some kid came to you and was honest with the feelings that they had a desire to go about doing a shooting, what kind of advice would you give them? And they said, I will follow anything you say. Mm. What kind of advice? You know, that's a, it's a tall order. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I would, okay, different scenarios, right? If it was, if it was just me and this kid and I couldn't use external resources. Yeah. Right. Because ideally I'd be like, hey, let's go talk to some Let's get, let's, let's get a council together, right? Like I don't, I'm not the only person that could offer valuable insight. Let's, let's talk to different people from different backgrounds to see how we can get, you know, how we can best serve you for multiple ways. Um, yeah. I think if it was just me, I was like, dude, let's hop in the car. Let's go, let's go for a hike, dude. And I think we'd go and we'd hike a mountain together. And I think we would struggle and I'd support them. And through physical action, I think moving, we'd move through parts of whatever he's experiencing, hopefully being able to address the pain through action, you know, rather than, um, rather than through exclusively discussion. Yeah. Like there's a physical portion to this. And you also mentioned the word pain. Yeah. So they all have pain. Yeah. And pain's locked in the body at times. Yeah, and it's and we all have different ways of processing pain. You know, I think some of us express it, internalize it more. Others, um, they experience pain and then they want to, you know, externalize it hmm. and get it out, right, onto others. I was just talking with my friend last night about it. Like, or I, I would more internalize, you know, pain, and he would 
you find out ways project. project it out, you know? And so it's different. Both are ways of negating reality. Yep. That's the thing that they both share. One, let's just suppress it into the subconscious. Mm-hmm. Let's just lock it down in there, into the muscles. Another one is projected outside. So both are, I'm not accepting what's happening. Yeah. And then we get, uh, we become isolated and separated from our bodies. So maybe a big part of this is just being separated from the body. Yeah. And going to hike, like you said, like when you go on a hike, you're in nature and you're in your body. You're panting. That's the word? Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah, panting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not to be confused with pantsing, which is also a troubling have occurred on teenage, hikes. actually pre-teenage yeah. um, form of humiliation. Oh, yeah. Dude, I mean, pantsing was a, a pastime, <laughs> at, certainly in my middle school, um, both on – Giver and receiving pantsing. However, I did not have to deal with social media around pantsing. You know what I mean? Even not. I mean, just just getting pants in front of yeah. the public. Yeah. Very humiliating. Could be micro trauma. Could be. You know, Especially or- if they get a hold of the undies too. <laughs> oh, no, no. Oh, <laughs> seen, man. We, we've all seen it happen. And, you know, some of us have had it happen to us. But, yeah, that's that. It is. It's, it's like a, it's like an imprint, perhaps. Yeah, that from that moment on, that kid is now going to be an exhibitionist. Yeah, and they're gonna want to replay that situation <laughs> to heal the trauma. Right. Yeah. Yeah, in some form or the other. Right. You just gave them the gift of exhibition for their life. Yeah. Or the opposite. Right. Inhibition. Uh, well, yeah. they wear like snow yeah. sk- a ski suit, right? Like a onesie ski suit every day. Yeah. So they're they're not willing to be vulnerable yeah. with their body. Yeah. So in some extent, it is good to, by going to the mountain and being in the body, feeling the heart race yeah. with just you in a path, weights are still good. Yeah. The, the great thing about the hike is like, it's just you moving and walking, which is like the, probably the most primal movement there is Right. Uh, for a human being to be on two legs walking. Yeah. You just forces you to get into your skin. Yeah. And being in the body is is a safe, is a safety creating mechanism. What what would you do in that situation? I think it is very important to move. I think that's, I mean, you went first, so I can steal from you. Yeah. Uh, That's a great, that's a great option, man. And also, of course, with disclaimer, like you said about treating individuals, with professional help. Another important piece is the family. Who are, who is this person interacting with? Right? I mean, there's never an isolated situation. So what is their parents, their foster parents, if they're uh, an orphan or their siblings, their friends, what are they like? I, I want to look at this from a systematic approach because it's never the one bad seed that was just created, isolated from every other environment or every other thing. You know, it's like when they scan over to the parents, like they were such a sweet child. I don't know how this could have happened. It's like there are there are reasons for it to happen and we have to kind of mend and heal familial and friend connections of a community. 
I'm not going to blame the school system at large. What I am saying is that we need to take a look at how do we interact with each other to form a sense of community so that people can feel emotions together and not just individually. So it's almost like from your piece, it was get into your body, intrapersonal, but then there's also this like mutual communicating body, communicating feelings piece to this. Yeah. I, I And, you know, what for what outlet does that individual have for that type of experience or that type of community? I know there's a story that I it's circled around. I've, I've seen it a few times where I think it's a, um, a specific tribe in Ghana where when there's a an adolescent or child that did, you know, something that was outside the rules or norms of the tribe, um, they would see them in the middle of the tribe and the tribe would provide appreciation and love to that individual. So that was their response for acting out of accordance was not that now we need to further separate or remove, but okay, it's it's an example of how they all felt that responsibility mm-hmm. for one another. We just do it on Twitter now. Yeah. But we don't give appreciation. We <laughs> no. just slam people. Yeah. We just roast we just them. body slam them on the, <laughs> across the band, the band waves. We just search for something they said 15 years ago <laughs> and then post it and say, look at this terrible person. Shred them. Yeah. We have yeah. no more. I mean, we have, I, I don't know if we have any healthy rites and rituals mm. outside of like created your first Instagram account as a ritual. Yeah. What are our rituals? In this day and age. Yeah. That's one, isn't it? Having, getting Creating your first handle. Creating a social your handle. Yeah. yeah. Huh. But <laughs> imagine like ceremonies, right? <laughs> there should be a ceremony. There should be a ceremony, like a party or some sort of, uh, you know, presentation where they're like a, an elder would give them like, like holding like the first iPhone, right? Like you go through a ceremony of like the history of technology. Yeah. That'd be good. <laughs> You're like reading the ethos of. Steve Jobs and <laughs> instead it's just pimply Jason Beck with vanilla Coke and Cheeto fingers yeah. <laughs> signing up on Facebook as a middle schooler when it was only intended for high schoolers. So there's, like, you know, yeah, it's like, I, I didn't, I mean, I didn't have a, a mitzvah, not Jewish, but I imagine instead of reading like, you know, you're reading the terms and conditions of Facebook, you know, oh God, the <laughs> like first an entire person reading. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> first person ever to read terms and conditions. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what those rituals are supposed to do in a sense is like to initiate them into a larger network, a congregation, a community. I had a bar mitzvah. It probably served some ritual. Mm -hmm. It probably did some benefit. And it didn't because it's an old ritual that hasn't updated. The way it's updated in America is let's party and give gifts. It still holds on to the reciting Hebrew in front of like hundreds of people. That's nerve wracking. That was really beneficial to practice, Mm -hmm. practice, practice, and perform. Study, 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 and perform. Um, But still it lacks the punch that it once had when it was deeply connected to the community around. Like like if I did it within every single person I ever knew versus like, you know, 75% of people in the crowd I didn't really know. I didn't study it intensely. And so do we have any rituals today that mimic that, even at a small degree, 
graduations, are probably the closest thing in weddings are the only types of like sacred quote unquote ceremonies that we don't even question and we just go through and people are silent and they sit in a row and they sit in their place in their chair. And it's like, there's these uh, um, unquestioned rules. That's when you can find the rituals when there's unquestioned behavior. Yeah. I was struck by, I went to my friend's wedding, uh, congratulations, HB Sahara um, in Dallas. And it was a, a Hindu wedding, so traditional Hindu ceremony. And I was struck. And I think that's, you know, to your point, that's when I realized how few rituals in that traditional sense we actually have. Because the ceremony, every single thing they did was packed with intention. So, you know, before each action, they would circle. Um, it was a bowl of water with a, a flame. And they would be going the whole time. They'd walk around it seven times. And each they'd walk, take a step. And um, the, the priest or whatever version of the priest would speak a prayer and then they'd take another step and another prayer and mm. each prayer symbolized and it's just beautifully written i was like wow I, you know this is great is that what you want to do yeah yeah <laughs> something like it you know what i mean um, i'd like to make it my own or something that yeah, i yeah, that yeah. i or you know but even just integrating some of that it was just a reminder of hey i could do take a piece of this and do this into my life you know and i think it really helped Helps provide meaning and and adds even just communicating that intention or or making something a ritual. You're at a very fundamental level. You're paying more attention, right? You're, yeah. You're you're in a state of concentration. So that's already a win, right? Regardless of the meaning or what your thoughts are or not, you're by cho- choosing to do that prior to it. You're already priming yourself for a, you know perhaps a better psychological state for whatever it is you're about to do. And treating whatever you're getting out of it more sacred and special. It's like when you were given some new sneakers playing basketball. If done in a very ritualistic way, it could be powerful. Like, I remember when I got my first Jordan 1s mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, versus going to Big Five, picking up shoes, and then leaving. It may not be as powerful. It may not have fulfilled the potential that a ritual can have onto someone's life. Yeah. And boost them even further. That's interesting with sneakers too, like seeing how if you could gauge somehow the emotional um, capacity of different sneakerheads, right? Like how much does this individual really feel for this pair of shoes? Like, oh, you know, this person loves their shoes as much as this person loves their dog. Like it's the same almost magnitude of expression or emotion. You're investing emotions into an object. Yeah. Which is unhealthy and healthy. Yeah. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, it can be done right. Like the more I think about all this Eastern versus Western thought, it has influenced me in the way that I'm my growing way to navigate like self-improvement and stuff. Because in the Western world, we really care about emotions. And I think the Eastern thought, uh, especially in Eastern philosophy, they disregard emotions as a, a form of attaching into suffering. That if you follow through with emotions, you can get caught up into suffering and so it's best to watch emotions come and go ride the wave in the west i feel like we've created some philosophies to apply emotions for a a different purpose it's just a different way yeah channeling almost Channeling. channeling and using transforming the energy of that emotion and using it to create 
and we care a lot about it. Yeah. So that's why it's hard to just meditate and expect that a 10 minute meditation is going to solve our problems because it's less, it's helpful for us to relax. It's helpful for us to increase our focus ability and create a, a certain level of acceptance. I also think that we need to possibly be doing something with our emotional body. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's what exercise can be done. Um, and also like imagination and visualization practices like that flower thing is like a way for our imagination to tap into our emotional body. Mm-hmm. Now, how, you know, what about, because it's interesting, different perspectives on this, but the idea that can imagination alone tap into the emotional body or do you need, you know, this idea, I think another interesting comparison between East and West is in the West, you know, a lot of this self-help is like, we are seeking to be our best selves. We are striving to be our best selves where, you know, some either Eastern philosophy, you already are. You're letting go. You're letting go because it's a process of remembering, right? Um, So this striving versus remembering, you know, and I'm wondering, um, how that, you know, how that applies to emotions. Striving is, feels good because it's motivating. You know, we like caffeine over here. <laughs> I just had an espresso. During you know, we show. like yeah. to get action, action orientation. So that's why striving feels good. It's like motivating. It's like being on the journey. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going. But you said something earlier that was indicated you're, you know, you're in the camp of, hey, I'm just here. Yeah, leaning back. I'm just feeling out. You know, I I'm I'm leaning back and and going yeah. with it. I think that I think there's a mixture. It's like find your own ingredients because there's a certain level of striving that needs to happen in order to create different actions in one's life to let go of to let go of certain habits that we don't like. We need to create new habits. Um, I definitely been way more invested in the striving part of my whole entire life. And then like, then I start striving to let go. <laughs> but I, right now I've found a good mix where I am like letting go a whole lot of emotions that aren't, of, of certain strivings that aren't serving me anymore that used to serve me and they don't serve me now. Mm. I think that's the goal is to let go of those things. That makes sense. Yeah. Because every single behavior we've ever had it it was it served us at some point, right? And there's just some that have just like expired. Yeah, and we need to throw out of the fridge. Like I had like five yogurts that were in the fridge. October first <laughs> expiration date, and it's November right now when yeah. this podcast is being recorded. So it's not good. You gotta throw away the expiration, especially dates. dairy. You know, you don't want the old dairy. Isn't good for the bowels. Especially dairy, man. You could get away with some other food food groups, perhaps, but dairy, I wouldn't risk risk it. You know, you know, what really bugs me the expiration and best buy dates. It's like, what is the actual date? I don't know. You don't know? Yeah, yeah. They don't even know. And I got to—they're guessing. They're really guessing. <laughs> they're honestly, really guessing, you know, <laughs> it's like I got to smell it. I got to look at it. Is there mold yeah. or not? I don't want to even gamble. Plus, they got to treat every food as their that you know individual differences, man. Individualized consideration. Maybe this piece or this pack of bacon is different than the other pack, you know? Yeah. But no one really asks the food how long they're going to last. Can't examine it. can't be perfect. 
Oh. What are you striving for these days? What am I striving for? Um, I am striving for balance. And two things, balance and then um, honest communication with myself and others. Balance, having fun. Um, that yeah, balance. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what can I say? It's that it's it's being able to be both. Um, you know, really, the, I guess the balance between um, action and inaction. Um, relaxed and ready, ready and, and staying in that in that pocket yeah. in that space, um, and, and being able to move in that way. Um, I like the honest communication, man. It feels so good just to be honest out loud. I hate hiding. Yeah. Hiding sucks. Yeah. I, yeah, it does. I'm not saying that we should be right away, like first date or first time meeting a friend group and being like spilling your guts (laughs) of all your vulnerabilities. There's something organic to it. But still, just like there's there's between holding back and organically letting out who you are, yeah, and just flat out keeping things away from others, yes. And that does not feel good. It's a terrible feeling. It's a terrible feeling, and I think it affects us on every level, you know, mentally, emotionally, physically. Yeah. Right. Tension. You're holding on to something. It's hard to release. And having, you know, I think the honest communication too is what, what, when you're honest with others, people will be honest with you, right? And then that, because of that, you're able to learn a lot more about yourself, you know, because they're telling you exactly what they see and what they feel about you. So you're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't see that. You know what I mean? Or I didn't know that other people saw this. Like I maybe felt this, but we can only see and perceive ourselves to, you know, so much. And we need that. We need those mirrors around us, mm-hmm. people holding it up. You know, when you get your haircut and the guy's showing you what your back looks like, you're like, bro, why'd you take a chunk out? <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, it's like you you need that. You need that in your life. So, um, yeah, really appreciating that. And you're doing a disservice if you're not being honest because that makes you not receive honesty, like you said. Yeah. What about you? What am I striving towards? Yeah. I'm striving just to stay in it. <laughs> stay in I'm it. in it, dude. <laughs> yeah. I'm in it, dude. When you're in it, it's hard to uh, stay in it. And the only way to st- <laughs> well, you're. I mean- <laughs> the only way to stay in it is to continuously try not to think about your, that you're in it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like when you're on a hot streak, you don't want to make any emotion. No. It's why pitcher. It's like when a pitcher's hot, no one talks to him. Yeah, yeah. Or um, also when a hitter is like just hitting bombs, they'll usually be interviewed and be like, yeah, just you know, just go and do my thing, do my yeah, thing. Yeah. Just trying. They don't want to talk about it. Or when somebody's hot in basketball, just draining threes. Like they're in a zone. Yeah. And they're not really being that emotionally expressive because the minute that they do kind of start hitting their chest. And being too expressive, they're not going to be hitting the threes the yeah. same way. Yeah, it's it, there's definitely levels to it. Like the guys that are really deep in it, you you look into their eyes, it's almost like they're either so there, right? They're so present, yeah, that they're seen through walls, right? Or they're not there at all, like Lillard. 
Yeah, Lillard. I was exactly thinking of the and same thing. Gives the face. Yeah, the dude. face. Yeah, that's the face. Now there are people, the goat, Kobe, draining it, game winner, and then they celebrate like crazy. That's a different. That's a different thing. Different thing. Yeah. I'm saying when they're still when in, you're it, in it, right? When you're in it, yep. You 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 can't think about the fact that you're in it. Nope. When you're in flow, you can't think about you're in flow, or else you're out. You're out. You used to play this game growing up. Have you ever played? Have you? Do you are you familiar with the game? I'm not sure if I. But it's like this. It's so feel like dumb. I should be. This is really dumb. This is so dumb. But it's there's like a it's like a meme that went around the internet probably that a lot of people know about now. But it's like there's a game called the game, and if you know if once you play you can't stop playing. Okay, and the rules are if you lose the game you have to say I lost the game, and if you hear someone say anything about the game and you think about the game you lost the game. So you're only winning the game when you're not thinking about the game. Oh, okay. So if I say I lost the game. I lost the game. You lost the game too. But if we're not thinking about it, we're winning. And it's kind of like, and so it became like a meme where kids would yeah. be like, I lost the game. And oh man, what? <laughs> I hate you, man. I was doing so well. I lost the game too now. But it's kind of like flow in a sense uh, where yeah. when you're in it, you can't think about it. And so that's where I'm striving is like I'm striving to not strive and I'm doing well, but it's hard, man. Yeah. I think it's hard to interact and go interact with society, right? It's like they're it, constantly hey, trying to get you to right. not. Hey, if you're up in the, you know, you're up in the mountains. Easier. Easier, right? But here in the daily life. Talking to your dad who wants you to finish PhD. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Time to get that, uh, you know. Got to get the black belt on. Start doing some judo moves. Yeah. Boy, the punches. Mayweather. Foo, 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 foo. You know, it's hard. That's hard. So what is your, uh, you know, what's going to be your flow for the week in order to stay in? What's my flow for the week? My flow for the week, man, is morning and night meditating for like 30 minutes. Phone off. Phone off until like 10 a.m. Phone off at like 6, 7 p.m. That's it. That's honestly a key to the game. Yeah. Key to the game, dude. Minimize the time of having a phone on. Keys. Major. Yeah. How about you, Flow? Flow for me. Write. Three pages every day or as much as I need, as needed, right? As needed, but at minimum three pages in this notebook I have. Write what? Whatever's coming through in that moment. Yes, dude, love that. Yeah. Um, I'm realizing that that's how, that's how I got it. It's, you know what I mean? Like some people need medication for certain things that they got going on. I need that. I need writing is that medicine for me to just get things out and moving and otherwise get clogged up. It's so nice, man. Yeah. My writing has definitely evolved through the years where I do that. I have a journal and I just try to write a page of that journal. My journal has gotten bigger and bigger through the years. Yeah. And so I have to write more to complete that one page. Mm-hmm. Um, but the feeling is like what I like about it for me is it slows down my thoughts. And I'm able to have actually richer, deeper thoughts because mm-hmm. as I write, I notice if I write too fast, I get sloppy. 
And so I have to write slower and that helps me slow down my thoughts and actually think things through like in a mindful way. Different than keyboard because I type so quick that it actually becomes not as imaginative. Hmm. To your point also about the phone on and off. So I got this Whoop device. Tracks your sleep and your physical strain. And I had one night I slept with my phone on, right? Same time went to bed. And the other night I turned it off. And I turned it off an hour before. The quality of my sleep, my deep sleep, improved by 2%. So I spent 2% more time in, in deep sleep and 3% more time in REM sleep, which is the REM sleep, those, that's what you need, that's right? That's what you want. Yeah. That's and no, want that life. increase is, is huge because um, at least according to the device, you want uh, between 10 and 15% of your sleep to be deep sleep and I think 13 to 18 to be REM. Then you have light sleep and you know, you're still dude, waking up. Let's go 100% REM, dude. <laughs> Eight hours of REM. I think REM. that's death <laughs> or a coma. Eight hours of REM, dude. Yeah, you try. That's, some, that's that Benjamin Button sleep, you know. You wake up. Eight years younger. Eight years younger, dude. I'd go for some of that right about now. Um, but, yeah, so that's just like sleep is so real, man. And being able to check in on that, that's another cool thing is, is to notice that and, like, treat yourself like an experiment, you know? Totally, man. Yeah, I love I love to honestly get ready for, uh, get ready for the night and yeah. sleep properly. I hate not being able to do that. Yeah. And that usually what the only thing that keeps me from stretching and having that kind of experience winding down is my phone. That's it. That's it. That is the gateway to it all. That's the gateway to watching clips from Minority Report, the Tom Cruise movie, which is an epic movie. Dude's a legend in that movie. You know? Predicts crime. It's awesome. Some great scenes. I don't need to be watching clip <laughs> eight out of 12 on YouTube. You know what I'm talking about with those movie clips? Yeah, yeah. You, and then reading the comments of people saying <laughs> stupid, hilarious things. <laughs> I love YouTube comments. At like 10 o'clock at night. It is not needed. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's one of those things. It's one of those yogurts in your fridge. That doesn't <laughs> serve you, right? It's, it's, it's like an old ass blueberry yogurt. You take yeah. it out, you look at it, you're like, no, we're... We're done with this. But sometimes, you know, it's in a container. So I can't even see what's going on inside of it. Mm. It just has a nice. So I can leave it in there. (laughs) But the see-through mason jar of watermelon juice that's getting moldy, I can dump that quicker. I love watermelon juice. That might be one of my, I think it's my favorite liquid. Yeah. So, I mean, is that. Other than water. What's the fuel for the week? Fuel for the week. If I had a juicer, it'd be watermelon juice, but I don't. Fuel for the week, um, cacao nibs. No, here, okay, here's what it is. Cacao nibs, Brazil nuts, hemp seeds. It's, Mixed? Yes, that's my fuel pack. Kind of, oil? No oil? No oil. Salt? Nope. Hemp seeds. Imagine a bag full of hemp seeds, Brazil nuts, and nibs. Okay? You put your hand in there, you take a pinch. Get a little bit of everything, right? Maybe two Brazil nuts, hand little pinches of each, plop it in your mouth, 
chomp around. You get that blend. You get the fats from the nut, fats from the, the nibs, protein from the hemp seeds, all the amino acids, the magnesium, the minerals from the cacao, and you're grooving. And it's that sustainable fuel. Yes. You know, we're just a couple pinches throughout the day and it picks you up, gets you back going. Um, so that's my fuel for the week. I'll get some of that for me. Yeah. I think we need to get sponsored by some like nut company and an herb company. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I mean, we both enjoy herbs. Yeah. And nuts and healthy foods in general. And I know a lot of our, you know, a lot of our listeners do. A lot of a lot of people around CGU and around the general area really want to live well, to eat well, and and to connect with those with those companies. So if you're out there and interested, we'll get one for the next show. Okay, I think we will. Uh, my fuel for the week is definitely tea. Dude, tea's awesome. It's great. You know, I, I used to love tea back in college. And then it kind of fell by the wayside. Now I'm going back up. Tea all day. Tea for all types of team situations. Tea. I'm team tea. You know, morning tea, green. Afternoon tea, I still hit the green up. Evening tea, ginger, lemon, peppermint. There's so many types of herbal teas out there. Um, I just like hope that I could experience them all. So that could be also something you're striving for. <laughs> yeah. There's just so much fun. It's fun. Yeah. Make tea, boom. I feel greater. I feel better. I feel way better just making tea, drinking new types of tea. Mm. So I drink some neat tea at the nighttime now. That's kind of my thing. Keep the kettle up. Pour it up. Pour it down. Ginger. Sip on it. Right for bed. It's delicious. Helps nice. digestion. Yep. Awesome. Is it ginger tea or do you take actual ginger? I use ginger tea, stash. Yeah. yeah. I probably sh- or you know, I probably should get the real. Just get a, some ginger root. Yeah, and then I just chop it up. Chop it up and boil it in the water. Okay. Like chop I'd say chop it up so you can get it and then um yeah, boil it in the water and it'll sort of infuse itself. Yeah. Even better is to buy a ginger plant. Oh, grow it myself. Yeah. Yep, talk to it. Even better than that <laughs> is to c- probably to create my own soil. Yeah. Right. To use as the fertilizer. Yeah. I'm not saying that I am the producer of that fertilizer soil. Right. I don't know what is the best method. If they need to use my own soil, that's good if I can. Because um, I probably have some good leftover probiotics. But or whatever it is, make sure I'm growing it myself. Get the good quality air, the good quality sun, grow that ginger, cut it off, drink it. Yeah. And you know what might even be better? If you had your own sun, you know, your own sun that you you grew. <laughs> with, a, with a mate? Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was like, this, yeah, that could go a lot of ways. They named him Ginger? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. That'd be even better. Yeah, and then you sure. could have tea with a friend. Or yeah, buddy, you know, and and a, a mentee, a mentee, and and a mentor, right? Probably I would learn, learn a lot. My son, yeah. yeah, for sure. So that's a that's even that's a, definitely a better idea. Thank yeah. you for sharing that one. Yeah, to add on to it. Yeah, um, no problem. When the time is right. When the time is right. Yeah, that's not something to strive for unless you're ready. Um. Well, 
Wow, we really covered a lot of ground today. We were bouncing all over the place. We're just really, we're really excited to be back. It's good. We found it. And get back into this routine. Um, And, you know, I think one, uh, one key takeaway, let's give like a key, you know, a key lesson or takeaway before we hit the road. Um, You know, perhaps like a, you know, one thing to think about for the week that you, if you saw someone, and they're like, hey, give me a piece of give me a piece of knowledge. Drop everything and go for a walk. No phone, no backpack. Drink some water before you go. Um, nothing in your pockets. And just walk for for 30 minutes. Get into the body. Nice. And for me. Move your body in a new way. Try to do a movement or some form of expression in a physical sense that you haven't done very often or maybe never done before. Mm. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Try something new. Try something new. Go slow. Go easy. Yeah. Go easy. Explore it. Go slow. Start slow. And feel it out. Can never go slow enough. Slow is the new fast. That's a good. That's a good quote, dude. <laughs> that's a good one. All right. And uh, with that, we're going to be signing off. Coming to you live, Studio B3. I'm Jordan, and I'm Jason. See you next time.